Hey, Che, this is John from Tale of the Manticore. Just trying out SpeakPipe here for the first time. I just got back from a walk having listened to uh, your April 8th episode on Emergent Play, and you're talking about uh, how do we make the DM have fun too. Um, you and I are set to talk uh, over Zoom over the next little uh, little while, in a week or two. And I thought, you know what? I should uh, I should issue a challenge. It's a challenge for both of us. How about this, Che? Uh, you and I sit down for a 15-minute zero-prep game with two players, that's you and I, and no GM. We're going to try a GM emulator instead. Could fail, could succeed. The only way to find out would be to try. Jay's going to bring me back. Hello, rescuers, and welcome back to Roleplay Rescue. And today, it's a special episode. It's the penultimate episode of Season 10, but it's Challenge Accepted Time, as John from Talent Core Podcast, and also the musician behind our beautiful, amazing, energetic theme tune, joins me for a bit of a game sesh. So just to give you a basic idea, we just hopped onto Zoom. We were playing not for 15 minutes, but more like 50, 45, 50 minutes. And then we had a bit of a chat at the end. So if you're interested in just hearing our reflections on it and also our, our general thoughts about solo gaming, if you skip about uh, 47, 48 minutes ahead, around about the 50-minute mark, something like that, you will find us chatting on that bit. But I really encourage you to listen to this, what is essentially, I suppose, an actual play. But John, man... You're such a laugh to game with. I had an absolute blast with this, and I really hope that if you can take the time to listen through, you will enjoy it too. I'm not 100% sure this will work, but I'm sort of 90% sure it's pretty cool. And I, I don't know, I'm just going to say, game on. For your listeners that are just joining us now, uh, they really missed out on a couple of teachers bitching about the teaching industry. It's a real shame we weren't recording back then. <laughs> they, really missed, they really missed out. I know there's nothing that um, non-teachers like more is to listen to teachers complaining about their jobs. John, good evening. Hi, welcome. Is it afternoon for you? It is. Yeah, afternoon. Okay. Uh, so yeah, thanks for joining me and coming on. And uh, you challenged me. Um, we were gonna do a game together and um, improvise, right? So uh, yeah, it was science, wasn't it? Something like it's science. It's a it's a throwdown. It's a science throwdown. So um, on your show lately, you've been talking about uh, you should be able to just pick up and play and no prep. Uh, emergent play with a minimum number of rules, minimum number of tools, and it should work. And I, I've also been kind of going through this recently where I really feel that this should be doable. Uh, in a way, this is, ki this is kind of how I run my show, but not exactly, because I take as long as I want, and we're going to be going at the speed of a live game. So it's, it's quite different. We're going to be improvising a lot, whereas normally 
I don't. I would not list that among my strengths. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. That's why this is real science, folks. We're going to find out if you really can zero prep a game with two people. Zero prep. We have nothing except a pencil and some some dice. That's it. Uh, you have a pencil. I'm it. Let me get a pencil. Um, <laughs> yep. We have one pencil between pencil. us. Pencil. <laughs> I got a pencil. Okay, I got a pencil. Right. Where where, where do you want to start? Well, let's just jump right into it. Why don't we, um, so I guess we'll, we'll agree on some rules. I know you've been sort of um, keen on the like OSC, uh, BX type rules. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my comfort zone. Let's just go with those because they're easy and we both know them. Yep. Okay. Uh, and so why don't we roll some characters up? Um, just however you like to roll up characters, you do it your way, whether you do points or straight down the line or whatever. And I'll do the same. I'll just grab 3d6 and roll it six yep. times and write down the numbers. Um, so uh, I got to find a page somewhere. This really is zero prep. It's zero prep. You're you're going all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Um, I just rolled a stunning five. Mm -hmm. So strength, strength five. Was it go Uh strength? I can't remember. Strength, intelligence. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Intelligence. Here we go. What we got? What we got? What we got? I've got eleven. Okay. Wisdom. Wisdom. This better come out high. I'm an RS teacher. Come on. Uh, no, not so much. Ten. No. Ten. Okay. Dexterity. Dexterity. This is the one I always want to be high because I always love playing thieves and such. Uh-huh. Um, and it's uh, 9-11. Well, this is how it goes. Constitution. Yeah, this is super, super funny. Uh, 13. Okay. And charisma. I know that one. And for charisma, seven, which sounds about right. <laughs> it's my real life score. Um, okay, so I, I always say like if I'm DMing or or whatever, if a character I'm looking at doesn't excite me, then I might either re-roll it or make some changes. You, I don't know if if you want to re-roll one of those, go ahead. Or if you want to take take that Constitution score and put it somewhere more interesting to give you a clear vocational uh, direction, we could say, uh, go ahead. Um, but it's up to you because there is no DM. So we're just we're just making up our own rules as we go. Yeah, to be honest with you, I just think we're gonna take it, you know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then All right. I am gonna do the same, no okay. matter what happens. Okay, here we go. Uh I've got I'm a high roller by the oh, I just dropped one on the floor. That's real D and D right there. I <laughs> okay, I've got <laughs> I've got uh, a nine. Okay. And normally normally I'm a high roller. We'll see how it goes. Uh, now I got another nine. I just grabbed an and, OSC oh, rulebook. 14, 14. Wisdom. Ding dong. 14. Wisdom, wisdom 14. Correct. I told you I'm a high roller. <laughs> uh, let's go another nine. A lot, of, a lot of nines. And what's this? Yes, folks. It's another nine in constitution. This is weird, actually. It's okay, an 11. I've got nine, nine, 14, nine, nine, and 11. That's a strange array, but I mean, that's a better than average fella. Uh, I'm gonna take it. This I, I've obviously got some kind of cleric. My character. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a name um, from my phone, where I sometimes will write down names. Cool. I'm gonna draw from the GM's Apprentice fantasy deck. I'm gonna grab a yep. random name from there. So. I'm gonna be Friar Greswin. Friar Greswin. Right. I think I'm going to take that dexterity of 11 and turn him into a thief. I think that yeah. would be fun to do because it's 
Well, high-ish intelligence, high... Well, no, they're, they're very average, let's be honest. Intelligence 11, dexterity 11, and constitution 13. Yeah, yeah I'll go thief. So, Janik. Janik. Okay, good. Actually, this pairing kind of suits um, the 30 seconds of uh, thinking about this beforehand that I did, which was that <laughs> in order to just keep things simple and jump into play, mm -hmm. I thought we should be exploring an unexplored place. We've discovered mm -hmm. a shrine. We are tomb raiders. We are something. And so I think if there's like a cleric and a thief, it's pretty clear. I mean, well, it's not pretty clear, but <laughs> a, a story could be my character hired your character mm -hmm. because they have just discovered the location of a shrine and we're there. We're at the door. Okay. In medias res, and we can just sort of start. Great. And I've got a suggestion here. I've got the Dungeon Deck by Crooked Staff Publications. Okay. Great. Which has loads of little map section y things. I'm holding this up for John so you can see like yep. rooms. So what I yep. thought we'd do, yep. Yep. if you want rooms or whatever, we could just draw a card and we get a shape, basically. That sounds good. Um, that sounds I'll good. I'll hold it up to the camera and, that'll, and we'll do some describing. Um, Perfect. And the other thing that we're going to be using is the uh, Mythic system, which. Um, I love and don't use it on my show, but probably would have if I'd heard about it before I started my show, but it was kind of too late by the time I learned about it. Anyway, um, in Mythic, uh, there's like four things to know. And so the first thing to know is there is a chaos ranking. It's a, it's a crazy O-meter. How crazy are things? And so your game starts off with a five out of 10 on the crazy O-meter. So I just use a 10-sided die, and I put it up out of 5, and every now and then I'll change it. And for now, that's all we need to know. Mm -hmm. The way Mythic works is that we kind of imagine a scene. And so I imagine scene one is we're entering this place. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great to me. I'll just draw a card. Okay. We've got a chamber, which is about, well... If we go with five foot squares on this, then that would be yeah. a 30 foot square chamber with four exits. I'm guessing we're coming in through the southern entrance. Perfect. Perfect. So we can go north, south. Okay. Sorry, north, east, or west. North, east, or west. Um, good, good, I'm going to draw from the apprentice deck. I'm going to go for, um, you know, what's in here, really? Um, yeah. I've got a catalyst here, which is a suspicious death. Oh, okay. All right, we're going to use Mythic to find out about this suspicious death. Mm -hmm. um, we could start by asking questions like, is this a human or is this uh, an animal or is this something like that? Should we do that? Yeah, how about we go, is it humanoid? Okay, is it humanoid? And so uh, I'm going to turn to um, a chart. It's just a probability table uh, in the Mythic. Uh, rule book here and uh, from impossible very unlikely unlikely 50 50 likely very likely a sure thing absolutely how likely is it do you think that this is a humanoid i don't know uh, 50 corpse? 50 just go 50 50 50 50 okay our chaos ranking by the way which is a five out of ten is going to determine how like how likely a yes answer is so the crazier things get the crazier they will be uh oh i've got a 100 that doesn't happen very often that is an extreme no. Awesome. So it's not humanoid. It's what's the opposite of humanoid that's still a recognizable death? Monstrous. And you know what's just popped into Monstrous. my head? I've got a mad suggestion. What if there is yeah. the corpse of a baby dragon? That's what it is then. Or, or we can ask. Why don't we ask? Up to you. Is this the corpse of a baby dragon? I like this idea a lot, so I'm going to say it's likely. 
It's likely. <laughs> uh, and I got a I got a yes. It's not an extreme yes. It's a yes. We have the corpse of a baby dragon. And I'm using uh, the Donjon fantasy name generator to find out what is the name of this place. I figure that if I hired you to come here, I would know. <laughs> and I've got Mela, the Lady of Chaos. This is the shrine of Mela, Lady of Chaos. And maybe I'm here to um, try and shut it down with you or, or just, to, just to investigate, whatever. Oh. Don't have to complicate it. Okay, so we have got the corpse of a baby dragon. In a 30-foot square room. It's a it's a very small baby. Is there a hole in the ceiling? Well, that's a good question. Let's ask the fate chart. Is there a hole in the ceiling? If not, somebody must have put it here, right? Mm -hmm. um, is there a hole in the ceiling, uh, or is there evidence that it that it came in here on its own? Mm -hmm. uh, let's say fifty fifty. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. No, somebody brought it here. Uh, perhaps it's a sacrifice. Sounds we don't really know. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um, Janet definitely wants to go and stand on it, though. I'm going to climb up onto it and stand on it okay. and go, Arr! because... <laughs> <laughs> Put your foot on its skull. <laughs> if I had a camera. That's right. I take a picture and I put it on Instagram. <laughs> now, this is a skeleton. So this has been here a long time, I'm mm -hmm. guessing. Yeah, I think so. Um, shall, we, shall we continue? I'm going to light up a torch and um you know we'll take take your pictures with the dragon and then we are going off in any direction it doesn't matter it's a quantum dungeon so we'll just go why don't why don't we go east that's fine by me although i'm um, just wondering do you do we want to search and see if there's anything like valuable like maybe there was something in its stomach sure. or something and left behind it sure sure i'm sure. just gonna have a rummage through these bones all right okay let's ask the fate chart is there anything of value here what do you think? I'm going to go with... Not likely. I would have thought. Unlikely. Unlikely? Mm -hmm. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Okay. Unlikely. And indeed, there is nothing. That's okay. actually a strong... That's a strong no. So we might say there's goop and there's nasty stuff. <laughs> oh, don't touch that. that. That might be poisonous. All right. No worries. Right. East it is then. Head east. Okay. So we go east. You're going to draw a, a random shape, right? Yeah. Okay. I've got this tunnel... Um, mm -hmm. it's, um, pretty freaky. It's actually got some kind of scything blades halfway along its left length that are actually poking out okay. of the wall. Um, okay. and it, we should ask if there's a trap. And, and the other thing is it's got like the, the wall panels on the sides. Okay. Actually, there's obviously were alcoves and it's been closed in. It's like someone's triggered a trap here. Okay. Oh, 10, 20, 30, 30 feet to the blades. And then about 30 feet beyond it, um, straight up tunnel heading away. So this is a triggered trap. Yeah, absolutely. Someone's somebody's beaten us here, Janik. We better be on our guard. Mm. Also suggest this place is trapped, which is a bit of a worry. It is. It is. I think whenever we think about a trap, we might want to say it's more likely now. Mm. All right, mind your step. All right, I'm going to go down to the blades and uh, you know, kind of see if I can maybe get underneath them. Mm -hmm. you know, shuffle underneath or something. Can we safely get by this trap? I'm going to say, I don't know. Sure thing. I'm going to say mm -hmm. it's a sure thing we can get by okay. this trap. It's it's used, but still, a sure thing in mythic is never a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> we yes, we are we are quite easily able to circumvent this uh, spent blade trap. Okay. So. As we get to the end of the corridor, we see that it opens up into another wide rectangular chamber. Okay. Okay. It's about 30 feet by about 40 feet. 
Okay. Um, let's ask another question. Mm. Are there any obvious dangers in here? What do you think the likelihood is? I think it's reasonably likely. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with likely. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there is a danger in here. Um, I'm going to introduce you to a different uh, way that you can resolve things on fate so that we're not just always asking this chart and we can get mm -hmm. a little bit of a um, little bit of an experience doing different parts of mythic. So the other sort of main um, engine in mythic is its Oracle. And if you've ever yeah. seen iron sworn played, uh, they borrow heavily from this. As far as I could tell, though, this is the original one. Um, do you, ha you have dice there, right? Yeah, I have dice. What do you need? Perfecto. Give me a percentile. All right. Sorry. Grabbing dice, grabbing dice, grabbing dice. Got my bag of classic D&D dice. I love it. Right. Here we go. Uh, percentage, 53. 53. And give me a, one more time. And 83. 83. Okay. So the way this works is you roll twice. You uh, consult two different charts. One of them is um, a verb, and one of them is a noun. Mm -hmm. And then you put those together, and you just try and make sense of it. So we've we've seen that there is some kind of danger in here, and the um, the creative spark is going to be adversity of riches. Okay, adversity. Ooh and riches but usually you put them together like adversity of riches i'm going to say that this sounds like some kind of trap treasure yeah that's where my too. mind goes mm -hmm. uh-huh should we just say that there's some kind of um what would be like an obvious treasure it could be a chest it could be a statuette on a pedestal it could be a goblet let's just make it up we don't have to randomize everything yeah i've just decided to draw something randomly from um this card and i'm going to go with a chest covered in slimy goo yeah Okay, just There's a little a chest covered in slimy goo. Now, clearly, whoever <laughs> sprung that trap, it doesn't look like they've touched this, right? No. Or have they? <laughs> <laughs> or have they? Uh, mm. oh, well, Janet better well, slide over and have a look. Um, yeah, Master Thief, what do you make of this? Uh, it's a chest with slimy goo all over it. Um, your eyes big, are as keen as big the chest, ear. right? And and got to be treasure in there, dude. Come on. All right. Has it got a lock okay. on it? Oh, let's find out. Does it have a lock on it? Um, likely. Yeah, come. It's a chest, so likely. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it does. It has a lock on it. Um, well, we're into the we're in this together. I'm going to try and open it, and if it's if it's locked, maybe you can have a go. Is that that way we're going to share the danger? Uh, okay, so I'm going to try and open it. Um, well, we'll see. Does it does it open? Um, it's got a lock on it. I'm going to say it's unlikely. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't open. Uh, do I spring a trap? Uh, we know there is one. It's an adversary, so we say very likely. Very likely. Do I spring a trap? Very likely. I've already. I'm already regretting this. <laughs> Yes, I do spring a trap. Is is it is it poison? No. Okay. Likely. No, it's not poison. Extremely not poison. Alright, so it's gotta be the absolute opposite of poison, which would be what? Something mechanical? Is it acid? It's goop, right? 
It's goop. goop. Yeah, but is the goop oh, like it could be a alive? It could be a, <clears throat> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, like something falls out of the ceiling on my head. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's just say something falls out of the ceiling on my head. <laughs> okay. So the goop has drawn me in. I took the bait. Something falls out of the ceiling on my head. I wonder if the goop is the thief that came in here before. <laughs> is this ooze? Is this ooze? Because if it is, we're dead. <laughs> I think it's likely. Now that I've said this, I have yeah, a feeling this so. is our friend mm-hmm. who sprung the last trap. Yep. I'm going to go with very likely. Mm-hmm. It is. It is uh, ooze. Okay. Um, now, if we're oh. playing D&D, and this is a green slime, I mm-hmm. think what happens is... It hits me automatically, and you have to burn it off. <laughs> this is somehow causing deja vu for me. But anyway. I know. This is an early episode of it's, Tell I know. Girl. We're just replaying an early episode. I've got a priest covered in green slime. All right. Well, if I lose my hair and get superpowers, then uh, I am officially in a time loop. <laughs> I love it. I've got to say, this is, yeah, quite scary as well. Green slime at level one. Oh, my God. I'm trying to find slime, like, in OSE. Well, have a, this is how unprepared we are, folks. We didn't open slime up from slime. a single, like, gray, monster gray book. Use green under... Green slime. Uh, green slime. slime. Page 30. Page 30. I got it. I got it. I got it. Right. Okay. I feel like I might be dead here. Luckily, we've got some henchmen out, outside yeah. that I could just bring in. <laughs> Dripping green slime. Clings to walls and ceilings. Yeah, AC, no hit roll required if you're going to hit it. Drops down on surprise characters from above. I'm guessing you're surprised. Ah, yeah, that's me. When in contact with a victim, sticks on exuse acid. Yeah. Destroys order armor in six rounds. Yes. Okay. Um, it's going to be a race against your burning. How long does it take to burn off? Because it's basically, I think we both take damage until one of us dies. Yeah, it inflicts half damage on the victim and half the slime every time you hit it with fire. Um, so I can do that automatically. Okay, so um, I think we ought to roll initiative and just see whether Janek actually freezes up a little bit here. Um, <laughs> if he does, I- I'd like to say that if he does, we lose a round. Which is you're going to propose that your character mm-hmm. stands there motionless. Going, okay. okay. What the? Oh! All right, then, then I'm going to propose we get maximum starting hit points. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead and roll your uh, your inaction. Yeah, go ahead and... All right, here we just, go. Just take five. Um, just take five um, while I'm dying. I rolled a one. Okay, is that good or bad? Um, I'd say that's pretty bad, isn't it? I don't know. I don't um, know. How about you roll a d6, and if you roll higher, the slime goes first. Okay. It could be simultaneous. Come on, you get lucky. All right, I got a, I got a three, I guess, for the slime. slime goes first. Right. You know you've got maximum hit points. So for me... That's yeah. four, plus I've I think, got, uh, six. I think I've got one for my constitution. Yeah. I'm just looking yeah. and checking. I'm pretty sure it is. This has got to be the worst organized game in history, but it is fun. Um, 13 plus one, yeah. So five hit points I've got. All right, then. Pretty good. Okay. So I think what happens now is... Um, does it... I think it just kills me in a certain number of rounds, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I don't think it does damage per round. I think it kills me in a certain number. Of yeah, per once round. in contact, it it's uh, so it basically destroys wood and metal in six rounds. Once it gets to flesh, oh, well, there goes all my wood and metal. Mm-hmm. It takes six rounds. Six rounds to consume your flesh. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that I've got armor on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get uh, one round for armor and six rounds. 
of of flesh eating. Yep. Okay. And how did you do with the slime? Did it did I dither too long? Uh yeah, you're so you weren't finished your cigarette. And yep. so this yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so it burns through your flesh. Yes. Oh, sorry, it burns through your armor and stuff. It burns through my arm. My armor is yeah. gone, and, then and that's I... round one. And mm-hmm. and then that round was lost to you finishing your Pall Mall. I hope it was a good one. <laughs> I think also what I was probably doing is lighting a torch because, actually, I haven't got a lit torch. I, I do, have. I do. So I had yeah. one on the floor. You probably lit your cigarette with it, smoked the cigarette. <laughs> so I grabbed the torch and then stuff it onto the slime can you remember how much damage a torch does on? Yeah, one to four. One to four. I'll roll D4. Here we go. Boom. Four. Rock and roll. This that thing. Means we each take half. Is that right? Yeah. This thing has two hit dice of 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 um, hit points. I'll roll okay. them. The yeah. average would be nine, but I'm hoping for low. And with my dice rolling, that's great. I got four. So I rolled four on 2d8. Oh. So that means I'm not going to die. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I go down to four. It goes down to two. So what it says is once struck on the victim, it can only be removed by fire. This inflicts half damage to the victim and half to the slime. Yeah. So it's taken two points. You take two points. How many points did you have? I had had six. I'm going to live. Okay. I'm going to live. Okay. uh, So next round, it's just here goes the torch again. You've got your phone in one hand, torch in the other, getting hit on video. It's a one. You got a one. Okay, so that's that's another that's round that basically goes by with nothing. We'll just say that oh, okay. that's a that's a nothing round. Okay, that's okay. I've got I've got I got lots of time. You can have another another cigarette if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, uh, burn me again. Four. Yes. Four. Okay, I go down to two and it dies. Yes. Oh. Go on, describe it, John. Oh, this is disgusting. And oh my goodness, my good my good armor is is gone, and what a what a mess! And I can't even tell which parts of me and which parts of this other fellow. They're all together in a black, smoking heap, and the smell oh terrible. There better be something in this chest worth 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 having. Um, I I think I ruled that I couldn't open it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's. A, you, hey, guess guess whose turn it is. It's it's lock time, isn't it? Um, um, I've disarmed the trap for you. Yeah. Lovely. Opening locks. Um, I'm going to assume I have some tools with me, but I only get one go at it. Um, open locks. Fifteen percent chance. Yeah. Isn't it terrible? I I always feel like these the old school thieves are pathetic. Mm. They're pathetically weak. If I had a strength higher than five, I'd recommend just smashing the thing open. Um, but let's try picking it. You never know. Come on. Um, 76. So not so much. Okay. Okay. Well, Sorry, mate. What a, what a terrible waste of my armor. Well, there's nothing mm. to do but to continue on. Maybe we can find something to smash it open with. Can I, can I just the... mention something? Mm-hmm. It, it's a wooden it's chest. It's a spell. I'd rather you didn't. No. It's a wooden chest. Yeah. And the slime consumes wood oh. or metal in six rounds. So why don't we just wait until the slime leftovers dissolve the chest? That makes sense. I wonder why that didn't happen before, though. That's a good question, isn't it? So I fell on this guy, consumed him, and then kind of climbed back up. To- 
Is it wood? It's probably not, right? It's probably mm-hmm. a metal chest. It's it's like a it's a sure thing. It's Time a minute. Sure. If it's wood or metal, it consumes, right? So oh, that's right. So it's not. It's neither of those things. So, it, so roll the okay. sure thing. It's not, it's it is it is uh, not wood or metal. Okay, so we need something that's not wood and metal. What could you make a chest with? Clay? Um, well, I mean, what about bone? Because the slime will bone. eat through everything and leave the bone, right? Right. Is, so. it a ch- is it a chest made of bone? Mm-hmm. Go for that. Okay. Oh, 50-50? It is a chest made of bone. It's a chest it's, made of bone. I wonder if it's dragon's bone. It's got to be dragon bone. It's got to be. It's got, I don't think we chest. would necessarily know, but this is a bone <laughs> chest. Okay. Should we try and smash it? I think we should, actually. I'm weak as little, but I've how got are you a feeling? Nine. I've got a nine. I don't really yeah. know how this mechanic works, but... It's roll d20 um, underneath your thing, and we put a modifier between plus four and minus four on it, depending on how hard we think it is. I, I'm going to say it's a chest. It's not okay. meant to be smashed open. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it's a minus three. Okay, so I've got a strength of a nine. That means I need to get a six or under. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a math teacher. Uh, no, not even close. No, it's this thing is 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 five inches thick. It must be. I can't mm-hmm. budget. I think Great. there's nothing for it. I think we're going into the next room, and maybe we can find a big hammer. Moving on. It's Moving a on. tunnel that goes thirty feet and turns a corner in ninety degrees. So yep. we were going east. Yeah. Does it go north? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just say north. Yeah. Cool. Because it just doesn't matter. Keep following the passage. Is there anything dangerous in this passage? I mean, we're just wizarding along at the moment. I think we can go ahead and just say no. We're good. Mm-hmm. We come to a a octagon shaped room. Oh, neat! Oh, that's a special room. Yeah. I think we I should mean- consult our funny chart again for this mm-hmm. one because it's Go just a strange shape. One other exit going off at 90 degrees. So. Okay. Is that exit on the west side or the east side? So we were going north. It would now be... It would be the west. West. Okay. And that's exactly where I drew it too. Nice. Coincidence? It's <laughs> a 50% chance. Okay, let's find <laughs> out. Um, hey, why don't you do this? Uh, give me a percentage roll. Actually, give okay. me two percentage rolls. All right, 39 yeah and 32 this this works very well for me i'm always surprised at how kind of interesting the results are okay 39 is bestow which -hmm. is a great start and the second part i think is going to be tougher but we're two smart guys maybe uh bestow (laughs) plans bestow plans there's something in here that gives us a plan it could be a plan to open the chest it could be just a plan going forward, like a staircase going down. You know, the first thing that came to my head is a picture of a table with, like, papers and plans and... Oh, okay. Like, literally. Yeah, maybe it's ritual stuff or something. Oh, oh, oh like, a, like, a, like a library or a mm-hmm. scroll room. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's great. Let's do mm-hmm. that. It's a scroll room. And I'm my character, of course, is has a uh, some kind of fit um because this is exactly <laughs> the kind of like this is the kind of treasure that my guy's hoping for yep uh i'm going to start going through them careful 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 not so they don't disintegrate what do you think the chances are that i would find anything of academic value 
I think it's pretty high because remember we are um, dealing with Mela, the Lady of Chaos, right? That's and right. That sounds like some kind of priestess to me. It does, and that sounds like law. You know, right, right. Okay, let's do it. I'm going to say, I got an extreme yes, awesome. an extreme yes. Is it magical. a spell? Is it a magical be- spell? I think it's pretty likely. To be Is right. it restore flesh? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Is it grow? Is it skin graft? Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to say that is it magical with an extreme? Normally, I'd say maybe 50-50, but with an extreme one, I think we should mm-hmm. up the chance to likely. Likely. Let's yeah. go likely. No, it's a 98. Okay. It's, so it's not, but maybe not it's magical. something else like um, we could say it's a map. I'm not sure that that's going to help us game-wise. That makes sense in the in the story, but I'm not sure it helps us game-wise. Is it the location of something secret? Let's do that. Is it the location of something secret? I'm just going to go 50-50. It is. It is the location of something secret. And is that something secret here or far away? Um, Is it here? 50-50. It is here. Okay. We've got the location of something secret, and it is here. Uh, I'm going to roll on that action and subject thing again, and we'll see if we can figure out what that is. I've got 50. Why don't you give me the next one? Uh, 12. Yikes. Debase opposition. There's my head immediately goes to some kind of like contaminated holy, some holy symbol made unholy. Yep. Okay. So uh, there's a scroll that I find and I read about it somewhere in here. There is, it's like a sacrilege chamber, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's some kind of sacrilege chamber and it's a secret and it's hmm, okay it's a secret sacrilege chamber maybe maybe we know how to get there maybe there's a secret door right here yeah i think we should maybe search um okay yeah let's do it that way is there a secret door behind these um where these scrolls and books are yeah let's go ahead and just use like basic rules and roll a one on a d6 I'll do that. All right. I'll check my place. You check your place. I did not find anything. Got a five. So okay. Not no. so much. But we do have an exit. We do. Um, you want to go first? <laughs> I've got two hit points, so no. I'll go first. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's great. <laughs> I'll leave it out. All right. We I like go your moxie. In. Yeah. Um, we go into a circular chamber. Interesting. It's got okay. two further exits. Um, the shape of this thing does not well. Is, does this look like it would be a sacrilege chamber? Go 50-50. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to say a circle shape would be like a pool or something like that would make sense. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's go 50-50. Is this the secret sacrilege chamber? That doesn't make it very secret, though, does it? It, do- it doesn't. Yeah. Let's just go. Let's just say no. Let's no. let's wait, and, and we'll make it a secret, and we'll make it count if we can. I like your pool. I like the it's- idea that we start wading into liquid. Oh, actually. that's good. Uh, do we have to wade into liquid? Um, I'm going to say likely, given the shape of this room. Mm. And I've got a 16. That's yes. That's a yes. Is it water? Is it water? I hope it's not green slime. Otherwise, we're not getting far. Uh, is it water? 50-50. It's not water. Okay. Is it some kind of slime? Not necessarily 
contact death slime, but is it mm -hmm. some kind of slime? I don't know, 50-50. Maybe there's a theme happening here. It's not, it's not, um, it's not any kind of slime. It's not any kind of water. What other kind of liquid would you have to go into? Acid. Oh. Uh, or it could be some kind of, you know, healing thing um, or something okay. nice. Is it? I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna, hang on, let me just, let me just draw <laughs> something random. Um, is it a small? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make something <laughs> random. Uh, I just, I've got, I'm just going to say this out loud. I've got a word that just popped off this card in front of me, which is it requires courage, this thing. So. Is mystery liquid. It's yeah. just mystery liquid. And, and it requires, no. so we won't know if it's dangerous until we get into it. It's just mystery yeah. black liquid. And if we want to explore these passages, then we have to take them. And I think that if we want to find the secret sacrilege room, then that's what we're going to do. All right. We're, we're in this, um, we're in this murky liquid. Is it dangerous? Somewhat likely. Yeah, I would have thought so. Somewhat likely for a priest that, like me, especially um, somewhat likely means <laughs> that, oh boy, it's going to happen, but let's find out. No, I got a 70 and I had to, I had to beat a 65 for a yes. So it Good. is not harmful. By the way, I, I don't want to go rules lawyer, but have we been adjusting the chaos factor as the scenes have gone in our favor or not? We haven't because we haven't really been doing scenes. What we could say is, why don't we do a scene change now? Yep. Where we just follow these passages through this uh, strange uh, liquid that's not mm -hmm. an ooze, but it's also not water. And we follow it for a while, dissolve to the next scene. Mm -hmm. Would we say that we are more in control or less in control? I'm near death. You're fine. Yeah, but we haven't found anything. Well, we found clues, but no treasure. We've not succeeded at much. Um, I'm being Mr. Negative here. Mythic says it shouldn't stay the same. So I mm. think we're going to say it gets, it goes up. Yeah. It goes up. So chaos factor is now six. Let me just make that adjustment, which means yes, answers are a little bit more likely. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're playing Mythic, this probably goes without saying, but you're supposed to frame the questions so that a yes answer adds to the chaos. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, oh, I have a chaos factor of, of, of nine. Do I find a holy Avenger lying on the floor ready for me to use? Like, you, I mean, I, you could do that, but it, it's kind of a, you're, you're breaking your own game, right? You're breaking mm -hmm. your own toys in that case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so change scene. Uh, my, my God, Janik. We've been walking through these tunnels for what feels like hours. Do you think they'll ever end? They must. They must come they, to an end. The Lady of Chaos cannot escape us. And no sooner did you say that than we saw something ahead. And then Janik uh, drew a card to find out what that was. It's really interesting, actually. We go into this chamber, which is rectangular, and it has this huge platform oh. in the middle. This could be it. Janik, this could be it. Be ready for anything. Big square platform in the middle. So that platform is an island that sticks up and out mm -hmm. of this liquid. Yep. I think we're going to ask about that. Is there, is there a danger here? Is there um, obvious danger here? 50-50? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
50-50, of course, is not 50-50 because our chaos factor has gone up. Our 50-50 is now really a 65-35. Is there danger here? No. There is no Ooh. obvious danger here. Um, but I bet there's something on that pedestal. Do you want to give me a pair of percentile dice again, and we'll let fate um, yep. decide what's going to happen? 24. Okay. And 42. <laughs> okay, this is a, probably our toughest yet. At least nothing comes to my mind. I've got desert, a plot. Desert or desertion of a plot. Oh. Does that mean that whatever story we expected, a, a, a sacrilege room, mm -hmm. is not the case at all? Whatever mm -hmm. I thought I read in that scroll, it was a decoy, or I read it wrong, or it was an intentionally deceptive thing. Or they started, but they've all been murdered. Who's they? Whoever was sacrilege. Oh, I see. So there's like, okay, so this was a place full of evil priests, whatever. Mm -hmm. They were doing their evil deeds, but they're all murdered. Mm -hmm. Sure, let's go with that. Does that mean that we're seeing bodies here and some kind of, um, you know, blasphemous symbol? Should we ask? I think we should. I think it's very likely. I think it's very likely that we do. Let's roll and find out. Indeed, we do. We see uh, bodies of robed figures all over the place, some of them in the muck water, some of mm -hmm. them are on this island, this square island, and there is a big... Do you want to describe the symbol? Uh, I don't know. How about a horned, uh, sort of pentagram, but horned, you know, like with the extended lines out to make it look like the uh, sort of horned beast thing. Okay, it is a horny pentagram. And I love that the idea that in some ways to our eyes, the lines of it are shifting and shimmering and light. You know, I'm an amateur magician and in my shoe, there's a folded piece of paper. And if I pull it out, it says horny pentagram. That, <laughs> that, uh, that didn't happen. But in my mind, that's what happened. Okay, we've got the horny pentagram with its blurring, shifting lines. It's clearly magical in nature of some... Can we go with Horned? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. We'll go with the Horned Pantygram. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have taken it there. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed of myself. Okay. Listener discretion is advised. That's right. Things are getting spicy. Okay. We've got our shifting Horned Pentagram. Um, and Jared, Janik, <laughs> not Jared. Jared's one of my students. Janik, don't even look at it. It might infect your thoughts. I have some thoughts, actually. Originally, pentagrams are, like, protective. Oh. This has been partially corrupted, I think. And But they, they got stopped from corrupting it. They got um, stopped by something. So maybe mm. were, were these bad guys that were actually stopped by the some power of good? It's a deserted plot. Mm. Seems good. Are we in the presence of good? And if we're not, maybe we're in the presence of neutrality. You remember Let's, the three. Yeah. Let's ask. Mm. Is it? Is it? Are we in the presence of good? I'm going to say it is 
Oh, I got a zero too. That's an extreme yes. Okay. There is some divine presence. So I guess we have to roll back the tape instead of saying, Janik, don't even look at it. It will infect your mind. I say, Janik, don't even wait a minute. I know this symbol from my, from my many years of study at the monastery. This is a symbol of the god. Hang on, I'm going to the donjon generator. Um, Paha. Paha. Paha, the god of dreams. And if my memory is correct, Paha is a mortal enemy of Mela, Lady of Chaos. Yes, yes. Seems like dreams and chaos should go along like peas and carrots, but I guess not in this case. Mm. Well, dreams as in hopes, as in... Oh, it could be that. Mm, it could be that. If, pa if Paha's power is here, uh, Janik, we have nothing to fear. So why am I afraid? <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Actually, we, maybe we should end there. We've been going yeah, for yeah. 50 minutes. That's, that's a good session. I think that's a good session. We, I think we sampled mm -hmm. what this can do. We even started building a little bit of story, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool because it's out of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it goes it goes in directions that you don't expect, to, which, is, which is really the beauty of Mythic, is that it's, in a way more creative than we are because it mm. forces you to think in in ways that you would not go to even in probably in your first second third fourth fifth idea i wouldn't have gone to desert mm. a plot ever no what i love about this is that you you know we're pattern recognition machines right that's what human beings do right yeah, and yeah. what this does is throw stuff at you and your brain yeah. and of course yes. the two of us together you know we're trying to mash that up find out what is that make it understand make it understandable yeah. make it make sense and i think we did okay we did okay we did okay not bad at all i mean considering we did absolutely no prep i mean we could have prepared a map in advance and mm -hmm. then just let ourselves through it and be the dm and the players this way works well i like those cards those those mm -hmm. were a help those were definitely yeah. a help um yeah the crooked staff publishing i'm gonna plug them again he's a good guy um but yeah it's card deck available on drive through really nice you definitely you know. definitely really nice uh, i know a lot of people use things like uh une that's an npc generator mm -hmm. or uh the book of um the book of uh tables or the mm -hmm. book of random things by mm -hmm. by matt davis yeah uh and perilous wilds is another very very popular one maze rats is another popular one it's got a bunch of generators so there's like a million charts and lists and things but i mean i would say use as much as you want and then but you don't need any of it you could just mm -hmm. make it up like we could have arbitrarily like by fiat mm -hmm. done a lot of that uh yeah. and we, i think we asked more questions than we needed to but i mean it's it's fun it's fun to do that as well that's really interesting. And I didn't die. I did weirdly replay a scene from my own podcast. That was unexpected <laughs> as well. <laughs> All right. So we started off saying this was some kind of scientific experiment. What we didn't say is what was the experiment trying to do, achieve, prove? Right. That's because we're not scientists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, the hypothesis was you were talking about in previous episode, um, I had said that you can run a game with Nout. Yeah. Um, now, what's really interesting is that I recently ran a game as a GM where I generated the location on the fly, and I uh -huh. felt I felt actually 
it sort of undermined the game when there was a GM doing that and the players they weren't exploring anything really. They're exploring the randomly generated thing. It didn't yeah. feel right. But then mm-hmm. when it's you and me and there is no GM and that sets us off on this pattern recognition process, I actually think it's incredibly rich. Absolutely absolutely. So as you know, I'm a, I'm a solo player for when I make my podcast and um mm-hmm. I do actually prepare maps in advance. Um mm-hmm. But because of the nature of this kind of solo play and what we've just done, it doesn't, at least to my mind, it doesn't really lend itself well to like a dungeon crawl. So I'll either mm-hmm. do like a five room closed circuit mm-hmm. or I'll do something that's in zones. And that kind of plays to the kind of play it in scenes. So mm-hmm. zone one might be the upper levels. Mm-hmm. Zone two might be the inner sanctum and zone three is the secret underground, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be completely described. You might just say the characters pass through five rooms without mm-hmm. describing them at all. But then that sixth room, they find whatever. And you could either make it up or you could plan it in advance. Um, to, so to some degree, to some degree, there's a railroad. Mm-hmm. But it's like a very small degree. And it still opens up plenty and plenty and plenty of room for uh, adventure and discovery and self-surprise, which I think is important mm-hmm. if you're solo playing. Yeah. You've got to be able to surprise yourself. You're not you're not making uh, a map and then running your characters through that map exactly. There, there's going to be some uh, chances for things to go much differently than you thought, mm-hmm. as, as happened to us here at least once. Yeah, what I liked about using the cards that generated some room shapes and you were like sketching out the map and, and what mm-hmm. as you went, I, I, like, I like there is, that, okay, so whichever way we go, the next card is going to fill in the space. We don't know what's coming. And right. then combining that with the dice rolls from the table, you know, your descriptive two words or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, that was rich. That was actually quite good. And of course, surprising. Um, so we're looking at, you just described one way of doing it. You can like yeah. sketch out a map with grabs. I mean, I, when I've done that in the past, I've grabbed maps like, um, just off the web, you know, some For Dyson, sure. Dyson, Dyson Logos. Yeah. yeah. comes to mind. Just grab a map I like the look of and then Absolutely. run some characters through it. That's one way. Um, yep. but of course, you know, using these kind of random tools as well, you're adding that extra layer in of what's coming next. And of course you can always yeah. ignore things if you don't, you know, you know, you yes. switch it around a little bit or twist it and change it a little bit as you go. Um, but that worked quite well. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I find that um, when you're doing a solo game, the toughest part is the beginning hmm. because everything is a Chekhov's gun at the beginning. Everything is, does it matter? Does it matter? Does it matter? Mm-hmm. Is this window dressing? Is it window dressing? But once you start to commit to a story, like flash forward three or four sessions we're playing this now we've got some fairly developed plot about an ancient war between the mela the lady of chaos and paha the god of dreams with details and npcs and characters that matter and it can get pretty rich but the beginning first sessions you're just kind of grasping at things uh, to mm. use those science metaphors have you ever seen like the way um, uh, atoms will will like bond to each other and at first they're kind of nothing but then more and more mm-hmm. and more and more and more come together and then now you've got a structure and i am completely talking out of my element i have no idea what any of that means <laughs> nice pun nice pun. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the idea it's for a while it takes it there's a critical mass you have to reach a critical mass of data before a story kind of happens. But 
but even just in 50 minutes, I feel like we got a we got a foothold on what could have become a very interesting plot. I, I yeah. would roll. I would absolutely roll with that. Yeah, I mean, 15 times three, to be fair. But yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, Tale of Manticore um, has been, what, up to 70-odd episodes are out there, I think? Something like that. It's been a long time. It's been a long mm. time. I'm far less reverberant now. It's it's something I've been really practicing at. <laughs> so, you've just been talking about how this critical mass builds up. Yeah. You know, how many episodes did it take before you started to feel the, you know, the itchy skin of, ooh? I think it took, let's see, I, I think it took me four or five episodes before I even knew what, what I was doing um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a podcaster, as a, as a person putting a game out into the, into the potosphere. Mm. Uh, and it, I, I, I launched it as an experiment, ki- kind of like this in a way. I didn't mm. know if it was going to work because there's nothing quite like it. There, there were a couple of things that were in the neighborhood of what I was doing, um, but, but not much. Uh, so it probably took five episodes before I kind of got the mechanical, like what are the, mm-hmm. what are the segments of the show? And I kind of boiled it down to, oh, there's narration, there's DM commentary, there's uh, combat, and then there's a, a thing for lore and a thing for backstory. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it boils down to is five parts. Uh, it took me a while to find those, and put the, mm. and put them together in a way that um, was pa- palatable and, and understandable, and I would say that somewhere around episode eight or nine, mm. I realized I had a story. But I think it, I think maybe episode nineteen, and, and I'm working in thirty-minute segments, mm. um, and really we're probably talking about twenty minutes of story, so really really short segments, mm. probably around. 18 or 19, my story launched into a what could be called a proper arc mm-hmm. where there, be, there became a clear goal. It wasn't just out of the frying pan, into the fire, out of the frying pan, into the fire, out of the frying pan, into the fire. At some point, everything crystallized. More science for you folks, if you like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and it became something that, w- that was more than just a chain of events and became like, Oh, this is, this could be like a campaign um, setting. You know, there, there's like a pretty clear end goal here. There's some pretty clear villains that will actually recur Hmm. that. I think that's a danger when you're doing this kind of thing is that you get NPCs, they come, they go, you never see them again. Mm -hmm. It happened in my show a a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's a, it's a game, not a novel, and so uh, I, I could have forced that and forced mm. those NPCs to come back, um, but I just I just let them go because I I wanted it to feel random as well as random and structured. Oh, this is some deep stuff right here. Mm. <laughs> well, what it sounds like to me is you're talking about there's a sort of a gestalt moment, like yeah, where, exactly, yeah, yeah, where the 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 whole became greater than the sum of the parts, and. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly listening to it, there's there are a couple of points I can think of where, um, yeah, it became dark and deep and incredibly compelling. Well, thank you, know. you, thank you, thank you. I, as a player, as a player and as a producer, there was like a, a moment. It was a pivotal moment in the game. It happens early on. It was the, um, and this is, a, I guess, a minor spoiler, but not really. Um, it was the first player character death where. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I was playing it out and I recorded it and I think I like listened to it back with some music under it mm. and actually something kind of moved inside me mm. and I thought that is bizarre mm. that uh, I like do, do writers feel something when they're writing? Do actors feel something when they're acting or directors when they're putting things? Do they actually feel something or are they just making this artificial thing and hoping mm. other people feel it? But um, yeah, when I created this thing and I actually could feel something uh, inside react, mm. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I've got something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try and develop it. Yeah. I kind of want to, yeah, I want to drag this back to, because you're playing BX, yeah. and, you know, with some modifications, but you're playing yeah. BX. I, we I stress over that too, by the way, because <laughs> I know that I must be turning off a good 75% of a potential audience. Mm -hmm. And yet, I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. yeah anyway, it's working sorry, for you. No, but the point yeah. is that you're, you're using that game. And of course, you're you're playing with that really old school approach of mm. I got some characters, I've got some some stats in front of me, classes and names, and then as we play, we figure out who these people are. Yeah. And you are, I'm presuming there are moments when you have a little bit of inspiration and you have that little bit of backstory that you drop in, yeah. um, and all the rest of it, and that kind of builds yeah. over time. So what I'm saying is, is this emergent story that's going on all the way through Tower of Manticore. Yeah. And, and of course, what we did today was just that very, very first kind of taste of how you get going, which is very rough and ready in a lot of ways and very raw. But mm -hmm. what you are talking about and suggesting, as I'm understanding this, is that you've got to keep at it. I mean, this is where I always let myself down with my solo side, is that I don't push on. Um, and what I'm hearing is, yeah. come on, push on, do another bit, do another bit. Push on and, bit. and uh, keep a record. I like. Mm certainly not everyone's going to make a podcast or write a novel. Although mm. a lot of us gamers, let's be honest, I think are closet novelist wannabes. And so <laughs> why not write that novel? Do it. Um, if, if you want to write a novel, but you don't know what to write, well, here's something you can do. Like this is a tool that you could do. Or uh, as a lot of people do, they'll write it down in like a uh, jot note format. Mm. And a lot mm. of people, they don't really play the game any deeper than that jot note format. Mm. Often I'll, I'll um, promote uh, Me, Myself, and Die, which is a fantastic um, YouTube channel that if your listeners haven't found yet, and I'm sure many of them have, but go and find that because it's such a great, great example of exactly what we've been doing. Mm. And it's in jot note format. It, it never really gets into deep descriptions. There's a little bit of dialogue, but it's not much. It's, it's kind of just point form uh, record keeping like the camera is it, pretty far back the whole time mm -hmm. and it works really really well and I think that would work for gamers too if they don't want to make a product like a book mm -hmm. or a podcast or whatever I think that just having um, that record of like here's what happened today here are the key NPCs here are some plot points that could be developed later mm -hmm. I think I think that would be enough but to not keep any record of it like if you and I were to come back to this next week with no notes, mm. I kind of think we're starting from scratch or mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think what's interesting when I've done this is uh, there's a bit of language actually in Mythic that really works for me, this idea of threads. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have your NPCs and, and you, if they haven't been eliminated, yeah. you know, you're encouraged to reuse them. Yeah. Uh, which one randomly, which one's involved or whatever. But it's also a idea of threads. At the end of a scene, you kind of ask yourself, is this something unresolved? 
and you make a note of it. And then, of course, you can use uh, the rules there to generate, like, randomly, which of these threads are we pulling on um, yeah. to get the next yeah. bit going? Um, yeah. What has this situation got to do with? Is it connected to that or this or whatever? And what I find is you do get three or four threads quite quickly, and mm-hmm. then you can decide, am I going to pursue one, or am I going to, you know, again, allow the thing to unfold and randomly determine which ones are involved. But, yeah, over time that builds. My problem as a gamer when I'm doing a solo, though, is I, I always end up kind of losing confidence that it's going to come to something. And so hearing you talk about how, yeah, it, maybe it took 19, 20-minute sessions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's, actually, it's actually quite warming because it's, all right, Maybe I should sit down for 20 minutes, 19 times over the, you know, maybe once a week for 19 weeks, you know, so we're talking about a third of a year or something. Um, yeah. But actually, I might get something uh, you yeah. know, developing in that time. And it, it's I, not to say that it takes that much time to get something mm, worth using. I think no. that that's just when the blossom happens. But yeah, the, yeah. the getting there is plenty of plenty of fun as well. Oh, oh sure. Absolutely. Well, what I'm saying is that. This pattern recognition thing, like you said, it starts with bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, why is that dragon skull? We, you know, right at the start, right? You know, but right. maybe in another session or two or three or four or five, we'd figure that out. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And maybe, yeah, maybe we remember that when some one of these uh, word combination things come up, and that provides the key to to answering that kind of word riddle. It kind of it's like a puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you get these pairings of words, and then you have to make them make sense in the context of your story. But the further you've played, the more puzzle pieces you have. There's there's another metaphor. Maybe it's an appropriate one. Mm. The the more you have built in a puzzle, the easier it is to build more onto a puzzle because there's more things to attach things to. Um, yeah, this is a good metaphor. Keep this one. Delete everything else on the edit. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but but it, it's a kind of an apt metaphor. Like the more the puzzle builds and the picture resolves, the easier it becomes to build onto it. And you know what? I feel like I'm doing a disservice to Mythic if I don't say I chopped out a bit of it just for the speed of play for us. Between scenes, you're supposed to roll against your chaos factor and things can happen like you get... Uh, an, an unexpected event or a remote event or something good happens to a non-player character elsewhere. So there is more to Mythic than I presented. I just We just did the Digest version. Well, you're, you're familiar with Mythic, so you know, but in case your listeners aren't, that was the Digest version. Yeah, and if you're not just using, I mean, you can have you can get just the GM emulator, which is what we were using. Right. But the, the full product actually has, you know, build characters and essentially a game system, which is very light. Um, yeah. And built around that chaos engine thing uh, right. of rolling the dice, asking the questions, and, and all of that. But yeah, it's a very rich thing. Word mill games available via drive through RPG as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. really, really good. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're coming to time. We are. Um, yeah. I'm kind of also wondering what the point of all that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So your show is about coming back to the table. And that's not, okay, that is much, much, much easier said than done. And I'm living proof yeah. of it because two years ago, I decided to come back to the table and I only managed it one weekend ago. But in the interim, this solo playing has been a way to, to come back to a table. Yes, it's a, it's a lonely table of one, but that's okay. It's been extremely mm. fulfilling and I would not trade it for anything at this point. Mm. It's become 
a part of a part of my life and a part of my DNA at this point. Mm. I think about it all the time. It's given me endless enjoyment. So for your listeners that want to come back to the table and like me are just unable to, largely because of the pandemic, but maybe they live in uh, remote areas and Wi-Fi is not a solution to them. It's not a solution for me. I find that the games are not quite scratching the itch. They're good, but they're not quite scratching the itch. Uh, And also I have a lot of Wi-Fi problems. So just the technical part of it. So I'm guessing some of your other listeners are in that same boat. Anyway, there is this other way to come back and have gaming in your life. And it's through solo play. And um, again, like me, maybe you just had never heard of any of this stuff. Mm. Um, Boy, like before, before I got into it, the idea of solo D and D play not on the table and frankly sounded pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we're of a certain vintage that we remember the stigma of being a D and D player when we were kids. The only thing I could think of maybe of being worse than a D and D player back in the eighties would be like a solo D and D player. That would yeah. be, that would be just sit down and weep. <laughs> well, back in the day, we had now this I'm phrase. Doing it. Back in the day, we had this phrase uh, over in the UK, which was "Billy No Mates." Right, right. And you yeah. didn't want to be Billy No Mates. Oh my goodness! Um, and I kind of felt like the D and D player back in the eighties who was playing solo was definitely going to be labelled as Billy No Mates. Yeah, um, it'd be like it'd but, be like playing Monopoly, but by yourself. Okay. Yeah. But Are hey, you all right. <laughs> what we're suggesting here is okay. So you're alone, and you've got your dice, and you've got maybe you pick a, your favorite game rules, and you, you let's say we're using Mythic. There are plenty of other solo generators out there, but it's, it is the state of the art. Yeah, you know, yeah, it is. Um, it is. And you're playing with that. Well, so what? That you're alone. If you're having fun, if you're generating something, that was that's a really good thing in and of itself. But here's the thing: I I, I think I mentioned an episode or two ago is. What if that becomes the beginning of your campaign world that you want to build? Absolutely. I mean, you you have created maps for your world. There are mm-hmm. NPCs and this whole history and backstory and everything going on there. And I can imagine that when you get, if and when you choose to, you could get to a table with somebody's, you know, or some, some people you even maybe you've never met, and you yeah. could sit down and you could like say, "Hey, you want to come play in my world? This is town yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And yeah. and now, and I think people would love it. I think people would you know, want to go visit all these places that you've presented mm-hmm. to them through the podcast. Um, and so right. I guess what I'm suggesting is don't see it as um, necessarily just the end in itself, like to play and have fun, but actually if right. you keep your notes and you build it and you let it grow, um, well, it's a resource. And so if you do get to the table, you get brave enough to GM maybe, mm-hmm. or even if you're going to go and play, um, you can still take all of your experience and all of your knowledge and all of your ideas and all the creativity and bring it to others down the line. Who knows when? Absolutely. And, and I mean, even if you never brought it to another single person, at the end of the day, solo play, um, I, I absolutely had it wrong. My, my preconceptions were wrong. It's mm. no different from just writing a fantasy novel, except minus the crippling paralysis of not knowing what to do next. It's yeah. the, it's, for me, it's the silver bullet of story writing now right. because before i might start a novel but then uh, 10 pages in i put it on the shelf i don't know how this is going to end in some mm-hmm. kind of satisfactory way that justifies reading 500 pages i give up i'm it's per, you're paralyzed but this removes the paralysis because there's always 
something to build on and there is always something next. And mm. believe me, it doesn't take that long before it just starts writing itself or playing itself or running itself, however you want to think of it. Yeah, and I mean, if you wanted to novelize your story, you're just going to go in with an editing mind, aren't you? You're going to go in and say, exactly. right, so how can I tighten this all up? Because, yeah. you know, it'll ramble all over the place and there's nothing wrong with that. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, I wanted to present this to the world while I go in with an editor's eye. And it's much, I know from my own experience, it's much easier to edit than it is to write. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all good stuff. So we are saying then we have hopefully we've demonstrated for about half an hour, forty five minutes, like two idiots mucking about with dice and <laughs> um and some random stuff and, and yeah. we got a very, very small little dungeon, which actually had a few surprises. It was great. Yeah. From now we're saying, Hey, if you keep doing that, that's that's a lot of fun in and of itself. Maybe that will inspire you to write, maybe that will inspire you to create something bigger. Uh, maybe over time that will just become something that you will really cherish. Because like you said, when you've been moved by the death of a character, when you've been surprised by something in the world, then that's precious. You have that. Um, and I think we always in our society underestimate the experiences that we have. I'm always reminded of that old PlayStation advert from a few years ago about I've conquered a thousand worlds, and I, I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember this, and you know I've traveled to the far reaches of the end of the galaxy. Yeah, because it's all in your head, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reality is in our head, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know you're there when you care about your characters. If, mm. if, you, if you feel fear for them or concern for them or, um, I don't know, pride for them or whatever, if you start to feel anything for those characters, I think that you know you've got something of value and like you'll know it because you don't want to lose it thank you john brilliant stuff great to chat with you trey hey and now we've played a game together way we have yeah. done it once before though haven't we it's, oh that's right we did but this, we played paranoia. Know, this was richer. we did play paranoia and i was the classic case of my wi-fi i would i barely played that game let's be honest i was robot voice and cutting out and oh we've john's john's <laughs> gone again yeah and just like today, you had all the best lines. <laughs> right. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much, Jay. Be well. Keep making that great show. Oh, come on. It's not that great. But you, you've got to keep it's going telling man's good. Don't stop now. It's I'm great. Oh, I'm not. I'm. Oh, and if, if we're done, uh, or if we're not, you could leave this in if you want. Um, I am starting season two. And if you would like to either A, do another voice, I've figured out a way to finally bring in all accents and <laughs> in a way that's, that's not limited. Um, and also um, I'm collecting bumpers just for people that want to send me like, I've actually set up a speak pipe. Um, thank you for mm -hmm. that idea because uh, it makes it so easy for people. And so I can send that to you. And if you feel like it, great. And if you don't, that's fine too. You could do like, hey, this is Jay and uh, from Roleplay Rescue and you're listening to Tale of the Manticore and it will open a show in season two at some point. Awesome. Sounds fun. Right. Uh, yeah. There's a plug for your show. Now staying in. So we'll do the goodbyes <laughs> properly now. Thanks, John. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye-bye. And so that's it. Thank you very much for listening in. I hope that you enjoyed it, found it useful. Massive thank you to John from Tale of the Manticore, which is the podcast if you haven't already listened to, you really ought to. I love it. I still, I don't know how many episodes we're in now, 69, 70, 71, something like that. It's absolutely amazing to listen to. And John, you created something unique. Thank you also, John, for the theme music. And of course, if anyone's got any questions, please do feel free to drop us a line. Speakpipe 
youtube.com slash roleplayrescue. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. See you again next time for the final episode of Season 10. Game on. Game on.